Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward, and God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience, and just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that, follow the instructions, and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry, and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. Haven't been in a series this month. We've been preaching some standalone messages, and this is our Thanksgiving service. Sunday before Thanksgiving, this whole weekend. Luke chapter 17, this is the only parable that, or or the only teaching, Luke tells this story different than the rest of the gospel writers, and so we're going to look at it today. Luke 17, verse 11, it says, Now it happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Galilee was Jewish territory, Samaria was Gentiles. It was a hostile place. Jesus went there anyway. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers. They had leprosy, skin, flesh-eating disease. So that's why they were standing afar off. They lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, how many know even in the middle of your chaos, pain, you should be able to recognize Jesus? They said, Jesus, Master, Man, if I had time, I'd break down those two, that word master in the Greek. Have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, this is different in Luke's account, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was as they went. Someone say as they went. They were cleansed. And only one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice. How many of you have been healed from a skin-eating disease that has kept you from your family, kept you from your friends, kept you from your community? All of your life, you had to burn your clothes and go out of the back door of the priest's home, and for the rest of your life, miserable life, you were to be in, in isolation, and everyone got near to you, you would yell out, stay away, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. But then he had an encounter with Jesus. Changed his life forever. No one had to work him up, weigh him up, prime him up. He come running back with a loud voice. Woo. Woo. And glorified God. Fell down on his face, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Look how Luke wanted to let us know that. Luke wanted us to know that this was an unchurched, Never been to a conference, never been to a youth convention, never been to a summer youth camp, never heard Micah preach, never heard Elevation Worship, never heard Stephen Fury, come on somebody give glory to God, never heard T.D. Jakes, never been in church at all, he was forbidden, he wasn't allowed. But when you really have an encounter with God, no one's got to teach you to lift those hands. Come on somebody, no one's got to teach you to get loud and undignified. I'm preaching already. 
with a loud voice fell down and he was as Luke just wanted us to know that Jesus answered and said were there not ten cleansed how many's got some questions that one day you may want to ask God when you get to heaven be honest God asked three, Jesus asked three of them right here I mean no God has some questions he wants to ask us number one is were there not ten cleansed did I not heal everybody I'm preaching right now did I not save everybody didn't I not give you breath in your body today and all your aches and all your pains and all what you don't have didn't I not touch all ten of you <laughs> where's the nine where's the rest of them were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Oh, yeah, I noticed he was a foreigner. And then he gives him number 19, and he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Father, we thank you for your word today. You've already ministered this whole weekend. I thank you for what you're doing in this church, right in the midst of us, God. Thank you for the families that were touched last night and, and, and all the families that are going to be blessed by the giving of this church of turkeys and dinners. And I thank you, God, for the 70, 70 men and women at Life Challenge are going to be able to eat for the next couple of weeks, God, because of the church. I thank you for the seniors down the street. I thank you for the salvations that came forward at this altar was filled last night and tears was rolling down the faces of moms and dads. And thank you for, God, what you have done and what you are doing. I ask your blessing on our service today in Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody a high five or a shake of their hand and say happy Thanksgiving to them. Amen. Or a fist pump, whatever you want to do. Amen. Amen. We had, uh, we had 15 or we had 17 that just went through our growth track and we have eight new members that we just brought in to River of Life. Eight new members. Amen. If you went through our last growth track, will you mind standing right now if you're here at the 930? If you went through our last growth track, amen. Oh, Haley, there she is, amen. Wow, I feel like Jesus, where's the other 16? Were there not 16? He had the second service, amen. I know snow's on the ground, somebody, you know, let's take advantage of these two services now because hopefully we won't have to do that we get the new building. I said hopefully, I don't know. This place is growing. People are coming from everywhere, and uh, God is good, and he's blessing us. So what should I title Thanksgiving message, Steve? What should I title this sermon today that's appropriate for our text and what we're talking about today? How about coming back for seconds? Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. I'll be planning on coming back for seconds on Thursday. How many having Thanksgiving before Thursday? I don't know. Maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think we should change it and make it a feast starting on Thursday and ending on Sunday. Amen. Yeah. If you're cooking, you're saying, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But if you're eating, you're saying, come on, bring it on. Thursday, Friday. All these other cultures, man, you go to the Jewish culture, man, they feast, they party. God said, hey, man, I want you to party. He gave them the Feast of Tabernacles. They have all kinds of things. What we do? Birthday party. <laughs> An hour, a shower, or, you know, and, and uh, mamas are carrying that baby for nine months, and you give them two hours and give them a crock pot or whatever, uh, diapers. You know what I'm saying? Some of our traditions are kind of lame. I'm just saying that right now. How many would be okay with a feast every now and then, with, with, with a festival? That's eating. That's not just eating. It's food, but it's family. It's football. It's faith. 
It's football. It's food. Come on. But let me get into this message. Come on. What, what will keep you coming back for seconds? I got to thinking about this. Is, is, it, the, is it the beans, greens, whatever that song is? You got it. I mean, what, what, what will cause you coming back? And I, is it the cheesy potatoes that Lindsay makes? Pretty good stuff. Is it the green bean casserole? You know, is, is it the turkey? You know, I wasn't a big turkey eater, but we, we got blessed and anointed and started dipping that bad boy and deep frying that turkey. And it changed. How many know frying changes everything? Come on, somebody. <laughs> I am fooling this morning. Amen. And it tastes so good. So I can't wait to go back for seconds and, and go back. And so what keeps you coming back? You know, companies are starting. I thought about this. Companies are starting to market uh, us to try to uh, get us to come back. You'll be in the mall coming up this holiday uh, Christmas season and everything, already in the malls, and you see them. You walk down the center, there they are, you know, wanting to touch your hair or something and, 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 and put this oil on you or rub it. You know, I've had them come at me. Hey, you, do you shave? You need to, you know, I thought, does it look like I shave? <laughs> well, I do shave here. Anyway, but and one guy tried to put some lotion on my neck and tell me, I, you know, I said, hey, don't touch me, okay? Anyway, but anyway. Um, <laughs> But they try to give you their best little sample, right? And they give you this coupon if you come back. You know, why? Because they, they want you to come back. And everybody is wanting you to come back. Well, you know, even churches, pastors, we want you to come back. And I, we are told that a lot of these things, uh, myhealthychurch.com is a, is a very good resource for many of us pastors. Church Girl Statistics, there's so many books out. And they will tell you when, on your Easter service that you need to show a promotion video of this and that of your church. You know, and, and I get it. And I'm all for it, man. Hey, if it's going to win. Hey, we gave turkeys out last night. And this thing that kind of bugs me with some other churches, man, it's just, uh, I'm a, it's 930. I'm going to vent a little bit. Amen? And, uh, but, you know, what happened, you know, there are some churches that are just giving food away. And, and, and some of them are even delivering them to your door if you want to call. And I'm, I know that's a nice gesture. Gesture. I know that. But we are the church. We're supposed to be given the gospel along with the turkey. Jesus said if you give them a cup of cold water... In my name. In my name. I mean, if we, if we quit giving the gospel message, won't we just be another, you know, VFW can do that. And I thank God for the VFW and the Moose Lodge and the Salvation Army. Those are great charity places and, and things to do. But we are the church. So, so that's why we want to say, hey, we want to bless you. And there were some that weren't able to make it, and this, our seniors. And we, we said, hey, you don't have to come. We will bless you anyway. And, uh, but we wanted to make sure that people came and heard the gospel. Look what God did last night. Look what, look what God did last night. And look what God can do with just, just the gospel message. And so, man, I think it's important that that we do find out some things of how to get people to come back and, and to get them into the presence of God and, and, and to let them be encountered by the presence of God. And so God has probably the biggest problem out of all industries and all companies of seeing uh, the revolving door on the church. He's all here. He asked three times, where's the other nine? Did I not heal 10 of them? Where's everybody at? And if God, God's has some questions, I believe that he would ask us. Haven't I been good to you? So that is the question. You know, why are you here? Why are you coming back? I've been, I told him last night that I'm serving for 21 years. You know, it's great to have an encounter with God and, or, or to come to church and, 
give your life to him or say a prayer, but that's a totally different thing to keep coming back. And, 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 and it is a struggle and there is some, some battles that you got to fight. But at the end of the day, man, we got to be those people that we are, we are coming back. And I'm, I'm getting, that's why I, I, that's why I believe we have this story that Luke told it. Luke told us something different in here about coming back. And I got to thinking about this in this story. What makes people, uh, come back? What keeps them coming back to God? And they're found right in here. And I would, I would have to say, not for everyone, but for some, it would be affliction. It would be affliction. I want you to write these down. They're right here in this story. Affliction, sad to say, are sometimes used to bring people back to God. Now, God, he doesn't, he may not cause the affliction. He may not always cause the affliction, but he will always use the affliction. Let me say that. You need to put that into your theology today, that, that God may not always cause the affliction to come upon us, but he will always use the affliction. King David said it like this in Psalm 119. He said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Look at that. David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. In other words, when things were going smooth and things were going good, I began to go astray. And it's just like us. What about God, you know? And I'm not going to worry about God and life is good. I got that raise. I got that good job. I got that relationship going. I got the family going. And, and that's what happened to David. So what happened was is an affliction arise in his life, and he began to ran, he ran right back to God. And now look what he said. Now I keep your word. So, so the affliction in God, like I said, he, he may not always cause it, but he will always allow it. And I got to thinking about this in this story is that affliction, it, all, it comes to all people. How many know that afflictions come to all people? Here is a group of lepers. There's 10 of them. And they were Jews and non-Jews, Samaritans. Samaritans, as I mentioned, and have talked to them uh, uh, before, they were not very... Uh, accepted by the Jewish community. They, they had mixed relations with, they were Jews who married a Gentile and had children who were uh, of uh, mixed ethnicities. And so the Jewish people would not associate with them. And they were very, very racial, very biased. They were very, they did not get along with the Samaritans. The Samaritans didn't like the Jews. It was a racial issue there. And, and here they are, though, all getting together. They had their common affliction has brought them together. Isn't that something that when affliction hits our lives or when tragedy strikes or when something happens to our lives, it don't matter who we're with, man, we're just looking for some comfort. We're just looking for someone that, that can relate to what we're going through. We don't care what race they are, what kind of economic background, where they're from. We just need somebody to love on us and somebody to help us. Affliction comes to all people. I was reminded of this last year when I was in the hospital and I had to go through what I went through and, and I had, they had put a, a port in my arm and, and I had to go down there every morning at seven, seven in the morning and, and hook up with the IV and get antibiotic and get an infusion in, in my arm. And, and I would do that on Sundays, pre, come here and then preach. And I was feeling fine. It was just something they had to keep the antibiotic going. But I remember sitting in, the, in that chair in the morning and man, there were people from different ages coming, different races coming, different, different. There was this one woman and this old mother of the church coming with her church clothes on a Sunday. I knew she was going, she sat down and got these nice recliners and she said, I, and she's dealing with cancer. 
And it was an infusion treatment where all the, everyone is dealing, most of them are dealing with cancer. There was a few of us that were there for antibiotics. And, and I just got to sit there and she said, yeah, I got to get my treatment because my Sunday school class is waiting on me this morning. I said, you go, girl. And there we were just talking about the Lord. She's an older uh, black woman, and, she, and I'm a younger white man, and we sat in those chairs, and we just began to talk, and over a period of a couple of weeks, because we were there for a month, I was there for a month, she's, she was there for a long time, and she just be, we just began to talk about life from her perspective and from my perspective, and what we had in common was Jesus, and how Jesus is working in her family and has worked in her life. She's telling me some stories about growing up here in Detroit in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, and it was something I couldn't relate to from her perspective. But since we had a common affliction, it brought us together. And here's the point, you, want out, you know what else is common? It's Jesus. And I love what Jesus did. He came right to this city. He didn't care that it was Gentiles, and he didn't care that they were Samaritans, and, and they, didn't, they had a different ethnicity, and they had a different background. The Bible says Jesus made his way right on down there and said, hey, I come this way. He knew those 10 men were there. He knows that the afflictions that we go through, let that, let that bless you and minister to you, that there is no affliction that you're going through today that God can't handle. Let me tell you, God has parted the Red Sea. If he parted the Red Sea, he can still meet your affliction. If he put a baby in a 90-year-old woman, he can still meet your affliction. If he could save a Hebrew child, three of them from burning in the fire, he can meet your need. If he can raise a man that's been dead for four days, he can meet your affliction. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's God. Jesus was the common denominator there. But it brings people to Jesus. The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We have many different afflictions that come and will keep us running to God. Many times they come to God and God will deliver them out of them all. In other words, he's not going to judge you. He doesn't judge you and I in, in all of this and what's going on in our life. He's just, he's just in the business to heal us. He's just in the business to bring us back together. And they're standing afar off, and I, they look up at him, and they say, Jesus, Master, meaning Lord and Savior, and Lord, we, we just need have mercy on us. Will you have He's a Jewish rabbi. Will you have mercy on us? And Jesus said, oh, yeah. I'm going to have mercy on you. But it's the afflictions a lot of times that cause us to run back to God. I was just thinking about this the other day, praying, and I said, God, this is just such a broken world. This is just such a broken world. I hope you realize that. I think we realize that. That bad things happen to good people. Tragedies happen. Why? Because this, this is not heaven. This is a broken and fallen world. People are broken. People do things that violate God's word. And they, and, and, and they, you know, God is good. And we think because God is good, that means everything's good. No, you got to put in the equation sin and the free will of man. I'm trying to teach you something today. God is good, but man is not. This is the first lesson you learn in growing up in church. In Genesis, we're told how beautiful this world was. And in chapter 3, we only made it three chapters and beautiful, and beauty, and, and harmony, and peace. But then here comes sin. Here come the fallen nature, the disobedience, and then all the rest of the whole book, all these chapters, is the fallen nature of man in this fallen world. 
And I thought about how God looks at life and death. And you know, God even looks at death differently. He says how beautiful it is in the eyes of God, the death of one of his saints. We look at death like, oh man, that's to be. No, but God looks at it as, you know what? It's beautiful to me. Why? I believe because it's like, hey, I finally get to show you. I finally get to show you peace. I finally get to show you where you're not going to have any suffering. I'm preaching to somebody. You're not going to have no pain. I want to wipe away every tear. I couldn't wait to show you this. That's why it's beautiful in the eyes of God. But meanwhile, we have to walk through this old broken world. We have to deal with the afflictions. We have to, we have to deal with the pain. We have to deal with all this chaos that we have to, to deal with. But Jesus said, I'm here to walk through this life with you. I can deliver you from all your afflictions. I don't know how people live this life without God. I really don't. I don't know how they live through this world without God in their life. I know how they do it. They did it like I did before I did. I mean, I, I ended up getting on some substance to numb the pain and to, and to you know, get me off of this and to, and to get my mind off of reality and just to hide away from it for a while and, 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 and to get into this and get into that. I just run it out of control and didn't understand the purpose for my life. But then Jesus came. Aren't you thankful for Jesus this morning? The afflictions. Sometimes it's the afflictions that have to bring people back. And that's what I was thinking about that whole fallen world. Think about it. And in the eyes of God, you think about the affliction thing. And then I'm going to move on. But I got to thinking about this. And let me ask you, which is better? If a person goes through life with no afflictions, no hard times at all. I mean, everything is smooth sailing. No tragedies in the family. Just, just everything is nice. I worked with a guy that had no siblings. His dad was an only child. His mom was an only child. He had no aunts and no uncles. He had no family, literally no family. Both of his parents had passed away. All he had was a friend of his mother, his mother's friend that was like an aunt. That's all he had his whole life. And the good side of that is he had no, he's never been to a funeral. This guy is older than me. And he's never been to a funeral. He's never had to experience other than his parents' dad died when he was young. And his mom died when he was like, I think, 10 or 11. And they didn't let him go to that funeral. He never really experienced, you know, any pain like that. And, he, you know, let me ask you, is it better to go through life all like that with just, just a smooth sailing, no, no afflictions whatsoever, and not know God and then die and be lost for an eternity? Or is it better to go through life with afflictions and many are the afflictions and, and a trial like Job and, and, and all these things that we go through but yet you've got a living thriving relationship with God and you make it somehow through this whole world but your last breath here is your first breath with God what's better what's better you see, we get so earthly minded and we think about, we watch the news and we see what's happening and we say, oh my God, where's God at? Where's this at? I'll tell you where God's at. God's in heaven. And he's saying, hey, man, I want to give you my spirit to walk with you through this earth. And many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver you out of them all. I could talk all day about afflictions, but I got to thinking about this. And some people come, some people come back to God and they come back to Jesus because he's like the antidote or he's like, he, he's, the, he's the antidote, like a medicine. And yeah, he's the answer, and he's, you know, some people look at it like a flu shot, or, or I get a headache, and, and they only get God out. Sometimes we only get God out if we have a, uh, like we have an aspirin, that we only, so we, we treat it like an antidote. But I want you to write down the word action, 
Because I want you to see that this is why Jesus told these men to do something different. And I believe this is why he tells us to do some things sometimes. Is he said to them, go to show yourself to the priest. Now, he healed some of the lepers. He just would touch them. But these men, he said, I want you to go show yourself to the priest. Why? Because blessings are always connected to an obedient action. I want you to see that. Glory of God, the glory of God. I talked about this last night, getting the glory into your life. The glory of God, glory is good. It's what we want. It's the presence of God. It brings healing. It brings forgiveness. We want the glory. But listen, glory always follows order. Glory always follows obedient actions. When Solomon built the temple, he had to build it exactly the way God told him to. And when he had done everything God had told him to do, then the glory of God filled the temple. Can I tell you that the glory, we want the glory of God. We need to make sure that we are following through and living a life the best that we can of obedience unto the God's word. Some of you got it. And so he says, yeah, he could have healed them. He could have just touched them, but he did it different. He said, hey, I want you to go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, I love that, as they went, you see, the priest would be, they were like the doctors as well. They would give you the diagnosis that you, if you had leprosy, if you had a, a, a skin discoloration or a spot on your skin, you had to go to the priest. And in Leviticus, he would, there was a protocol he had to follow. He would look at that and he would determine there was some tests he would do to determine if that was leprosy. If it was leprosy, at that moment, you would disrobe, put on sackcloth and put on a different kind of robe let every, that would let everybody know that you are contaminated and you are contagious with leprosy. You would put your clothes into a, a barrel and they would burn it. You would go, you would not even kiss your family goodbye. You would go out of the back door and for the rest of your miserable life, you would live in exile. That's leprosy. Read it in Leviticus. They would be unclean. And they were not allowed to come into the city. They had to stand outside of the city. That's why it says, as he was coming into the city. And if anyone got close to them, they would say, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. And Jesus is walking through and he looks over and he sees them and they go, hey, hey. I believe it was the Samaritan. He said, hey, is that who I think it is? No, 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 that's not him, Jewish man. That's not him. He's a rabbi. He's one of us. He would not be here. I would not even be here. It wouldn't be for the skin, this disease. Come on, they're human. I think, it was, and it was the Samaritan. Samaritan is always the hero in Luke's gospel. Good Samaritan. You won't read the good Jewish rabbi. You'll read about the good Samaritan. Jesus loves the underdogs. That's why I love them. But the Samaritan said, no, 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 no. That's him. That's the one that walks on water. Hey, I heard that he raised a man that was dead for four days. Come on, he could do this leprosy. I ain't seen my kids graduate. I ain't seen my wife. I ain't seen my family. Jesus! Master, if you find it anywhere in your heart, I know it's against custom. 
I know it's against the law and the rules. And I would even get stoned for getting this close because I might spit or oh, I'm excited. I'm, I, I've got sores. Please, can you find it somewhere in your heart to touch me and to heal me? Do, do me like you did the other leper and you touch him. We heard about it because if you're sick, the first thing you hear is about the cure. You ever had a tragedy? I was looking up pneumonia and effusion, whatever. I still don't even know what it was. Thank God for Mary Band. She gave me a three, seven page copy. Went to the library and made copies. Hallelujah. And said, this is what you got. Amen. You, if you're sick, you'll, you'll study for an antidote. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll study to get out of this. <laughs> right, Jen? <laughs> you, you'll go. You'll go to every doctor and you'll go if you're sick and going through a real sickness. And he said, I heard that you're the, you're the one that can heal. And Jesus said to him, something different. Go and show yourself to the priest. In other words, I want to see your affliction has brought you to me, but I want to see if you're just going to use me as a medicine, as an antidote. I want to see how much faith you have. Because if they go back to that priest and they're lepers, they're going to take them out back and they're going to stone them. So they're looking. I want you to get why Luke wrote this. This is a more powerful and overlooked story and never preached. I've never preached this because they don't have a lot of glamour. The woman with the issue of blood, the other leper, he touched. He touched them and made them look up. Oh, there's all kind of preaching in that. This one, Samaritan's the hero, and he says, go show yourself. But I want you to see the faith here. Them, them guys said, okay. He said to go show yourself to the, to the priest. Well, we look the same. The Bible says they were not instantly healed. Steve, they didn't get healed like that. When Jesus said, go show yourself. When Jesus said, go show yourself, they still had skin problems. And they looked at each other, and I know they had a discussion. Hey, if we go back, we're going to get stoned. Hey, let's just follow him through the town, and maybe he's in a better mood. Maybe, maybe, we, can, maybe we can, you know, hey, send the Jews. Hey, you guys, you guys go to him first, and we'll, we'll just wait. And if you get healed, maybe, maybe you can heal. Up. I don't know. I would be thinking of everything. I mean, when you're desperate and you're really going through something, man, you, you start thinking of everything you can to get the pain to stop, to get out of this valley, to get out of this depression, to get out of this whatever is eating you up, man. So I know they were having this discussion. But Jesus was waiting to see if they would have that faith. Here's that faith. And the Bible says that one of them just, I know, one of them had to just speak up and say, come on, let's go. We don't know how long of a walk that it was. But for them, I believe it was the longest walk they've ever walked. Walking back, knowing that if they walked into that priest, the chambers of the priest, they would be stoned and their life would be over. But the Bible says that as they went, as they went. The leprosy began to go. Come on. Can, 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 can you see him going? Hey, man, <clears throat> I'm starting to feel a little better. How about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. How about you, Joe? Joe's a Gentile name. How you doing, Joe? I, I'm pretty, doing pretty good, Thomas. I don't know what these names are. 
But the Bible says as they're gone, they begin to look down and the skin begins to clear up. As they go, they start saying, hey, man, I got a little bit more energy coming. I got a little bit more strength coming. Hey, hey, I feel better. How you feel? Man, I feel good. What are we walking for? Come on, I bet you I can outrun you. No, I bet you I can outrun you. And the Bible says when they come running to the priest, the priest said, hey, what y'all doing here? Why are you wearing them clothes? You don't have leprosy. Oh, I know. You've been encountered. Jesus, the rabbi, the Galilean, who is healed you of your leprosy. Woo! Can I tell you that as you and I walk through this thing of obedience with God, I know it may not be fun. It takes a lot of faith to trust God, to, to, to learn how to give, to learn how to trust when you still have pain, when you still have suffering. But I'm here to tell you that some get healed instantly, but many of the rest of us have sometimes have to get healed as we go. So I want you to keep going. Tell your neighbor, keep going. Keep going. Keep walking. Keep going. Because that leper, you're getting better. You may not see that, but I'm telling you, it's happening. As they went, they were healed. As they went. I could tell you about naming the leper, same thing. Obedience is always connected to that blessing. And what a happy day that must have been. But what the point of the story is, and what my last thing I want to say to you, and this is the main reason why Luke wrote this story, is it wasn't because of the afflictions. He doesn't want us to be the kind of people that we always have to have a crisis before we get serious with God. And he doesn't want us to be the kind of people that just use them for like medicine. What the difference was is a Samaritan had the right attitude. It's the attitude of the heart is what will keep you and I coming back. It's not, yeah, you, you had me, you know, you go to the restaurant and they say, hey, you fill out this, you know, do this survey online and, and, and you'll get a discount. I'm never going to do the survey online. I don't know about you. But here's the thing. I will come back if it was good. It, it will be in my heart. Can it be that we've got this whole thing about God upside down instead of seeing what God can do for us? God's looking for some people that will just be thankful and say, hey, you've already done everything, everything that I've ever needed. God's looking for some people that don't need to go through a bad time. We don't, we don't have to use God. We just like to, is there anybody here that would just like to thank God for him being good? Hasn't he done good enough things for us? Do we really need another big, deep message and have all these great things? Man, isn't it just good enough to wake up with breath in our body and know that our sins have been forgiven? That's what I'm talking about. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. That's what this, this story is in here that is all about. That Luke said, hey, I wanted you to know something. And that's what Jesus was looking for. He was, he was saying, hey, man, I blessed you. I blessed all ten of you. Where's the other nine? Well, where's everybody out? I love how he came. The Bible says he came. He fell down and he shouted with a loud voice. When's the last time you raised your voice and given God praise? Wasn't at 9.30. I heard y'all worship. I heard some of you. Gloria adios, Rafi. I heard some of you. And I know some of you. Well, I don't worship that way, Pastor Eddie. Okay, well, then when you watch your football game, I want to see how you act. Not the Lions. I'm talking about your New England or whoever you look. <laughs> Ladies, when that sales, when you walk into the mall, you're like, what, 20 for What? That's only 20. Now, this is a very good deal. I want to thank you very much. 
or your kid gets an A on a report card, or how about your kid just comes up and gives you a hug out of nowhere for no reason, for nothing at all. They just say, Mom, I just want to give you a hug. Some of you would have dropped dead with a heart attack. <laughs> I guarantee you wouldn't go, oh, that's very nice. You'd be like, woo! <laughs> Telling you. Don't, don't mistake. Here's the thing that I learned, that it's possible to get blessed by God and not be thankful. But it's impossible to be forever changed by God unless you're thankful. That's this verse right here because he's the only one. Now I want you to listen to what Jesus said and then I'm closing with this. Jesus said after he said, where's the other nine? Did I not heal all of them? Only this Samaritan came back. And he said, he looked at him and he said, your faith, there's that faith, has healed and saved you. The other ones only got a blessing. And it was a good blessing, but this Samaritan got salvation. Some of you that are at one level with God, and yeah, you've been blessed. You've been blessed. We've all been blessed. Amen. How do you go deeper, Pastor Eddie? How do you, how do you get that life changing, that trajectory thing that you talk about? It goes on for generations. And how do you get that real, that major blessing of God? Is it praying more? See, we go right back to works. We go right back to doing. No, 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 it's not that. It's being thankful in your heart, having the right attitude of saying, God, I'm going to lift my voice regardless. I'm going to lift my hands regardless. I'm going to drive in the snow. I'm going to drive wherever. Because you've been so good to me. Because you're good. You're faithful. Come on, stand with me today. You're good. You're faithful. If you, haven't, if you don't do one more thing, God, I'm still going to praise you. Still going to praise you. I love it. He's the only one. Your faith has healed you. It has made you whole. So you know what? The rest of those lepers, they, they enjoyed their life being clean. I saw that Samaritan. I could see that Samaritan saying, guys, we're going to change some things. On Sunday, on Sabbath, on Saturday, we're going to church. Because this Jesus, I just want you to know how good he is. I know he took them babies to church. I know, I know he, that this began to change everything about him. You know, you read Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to try to dive into this next Wednesday. You read Romans chapter 1. Read it sometime. It describes the depravity of man, dark, deep, sinful, messed up, how, how we just declined in our nature and actions. By the time you get to chapter 2, God gave them over. He just like gave them up to their own lusts and passions and reasonings. If you back that up and find out what got them going down that slope, it says this right here, because they were unthankful and did not give God glory. Right there. That simple little thing wasn't this deep, abominable thing that they did. It started with not being thankful in their heart. River of Life, we got a good thing going here. Let me tell you that. Some of you have been in church work, church worlds. You've been out there. We're not the only one. There's a lot of good churches around. But God is doing something good here. And I have got to make sure as the pastor 
I may not be the most talented, the most gifted, the most this, the most that, but I am the only one that's responsible for this church. And we will always give the gospel message, no matter if we give a cup of cold water, a hot dog, a piece of candy, or a turkey, we will preach this gospel message to every person. We will preach about the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit, that you need to be filled and have a prayer language that can pray to God. Why? Because it's in the Bible. I believe in healing. We will preach and pray for healing until you get healed. Hallelujah. We will worship and make Jesus famous. This worship team is up here not to perform, but to make Jesus famous, to lift him up. And they do that every week. I thank God for them. Bless my heart today to see Allison back here. If you knew her story, singing about I'm no longer a slave to fear. If you knew her, you ask her about that. Where's she at? I'm dedicating her baby next, Sunday, uh, next service. She's probably feeding us. That's why I'm kind of wearing a suit. I'm going to dedicate some little babies. But I, I love that. What's my point of saying that? We got to make sure we keep that going. How do you keep it going, Pastor Eddie? Keep up on the new songs. Keep preaching your messages. Do this. Have, uh, you know, Dave Pelly wear a nice bow tie. I mean, what, what, what's the trick? What's the trick in, in, in keeping it going, Pastor Eddie? What's the trick? More lights? We, we, we need to get some lights on Dave and Joe. We need some smoke. Some, the fan blowing. I don't know if the, uh, Sorry, guys. I feel it, man. There's nothing to blow there. Amen. <laughs> nothing wrong with smoke. We get the new sanctuary, we might have some of that. <gasps> yep. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for getting them coming in here. I'll do whatever it takes as long as it's in the Bible. I mean, not whatever it takes, but if it's biblical, hey, I, I, I'll get them. I'll try everything to get them. The Bible says compel them to come. They went out real nice. Jesus told them to close in number two. Jesus said, hey, go tell them all to come to my house so my house will be, will be full. So the Jews went to the Jews. Sometimes Sunday morning can be the most segregated hour in America. Everyone goes to their group. Black church goes to black church. White people go to white churches, this and that. That's why I love what God's doing here. So they went to the Jews and invited them. They came back and they said, Jesus, they don't want to come. They're all busy. Jesus said, what would you do that for? He said, go into the hedges. Go into the overpasses, the underpasses. Go into the highways. Go to the senior citizen home. Go down on Junction and Whitaker. Go down to Clark Park. Go to Ipsy. Go to Sumter. Go to Belleville. Go to Ecorse. Go to Lincoln Park. Do whatever it is and compel them. Compel them like a car salesman will give you his best pitch. He'll give you your best thing. Why? Because he wants you to come back. God wants us to come back. He wants a house filled with people. Get him in here and then preach the gospel. But what will keep it going? Lights and all of that? No. What will keep our church going, what God's doing, is having the attitude of gratitude. Keep it going. Tell the person next to you, stay thankful. Stay thankful. Stay thankful. Say this out loud. Say, I, I will, will be, be thankful. thankful. Father, this is something that, God, you have left this story. You could have left these little five verses out. But, Lord, you said no. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you reminded Luke, the physician. And he wrote it word for word to remind us today in 2018 that the key of getting that extra blessing and going further with you 
It's not all these outward actions and works. It's all about having a grateful and thankful heart. I pray that, God, we would have that in this place today in Jesus' name. For your Monday, I want to give you this. I haven't done a Monday in a while. I saw the youth has already started this. That each day, each day this week, the youth is doing it. Three, be uh, thankful for three things. Be specific. I would ask you to post it on Facebook if you're in social media. If not, you don't have to, but I want you, I want to challenge you every day this week. The first thing that you do is wake up and give thanks to God for something specific. If you want to do three, do three. Go ahead. By Wednesday, you'll be going, you'll be mixing them out of order. (laughs) It's harder than you think. You got to, you have to be thankful Every single day. I wake up every morning. Every morning. And I say, thank you, God, for another day. That's how I start my day. I've done that for years. And then I get that coffee. Hallelujah. And I say, thank you for coffee. (laughs) Thankful. At Thanksgiving, my mama started this tradition a few years ago. She'll go around and she'll say, I want everybody to say what you're thankful for this year. Little Josiah, Isaiah, all of us will go around. You've got to keep that thankful heart. Amen. Just bow your heads. Father, I thank you for your presence here today on this weekend. I thank you for all the great things that you're doing. And I thank you for it. With your heads bowed right now, if you're here, maybe you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Ask him into your life. If that's you, say, just lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. I don't know everybody. I don't know if you're here today. Say, yeah, I want Jesus into my life. Just go ahead. Raise your hand. Amen. 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 You put your hands down. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for the souls that were won last night. And thank you, God, for the decision, Lord, that these two young men... I just pray over them right now in Jesus' name. I'm not going to have you come up right now, but I want you to repeat this after me. Let everybody pray it. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. I admit today I have sinned. I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me. Come into my life. For I believe that Jesus rose from the dead he is the son of God and I make him my Lord and Savior from this day forward I will follow you in Jesus name amen father I just pray a blessing on this church on this 930 service I thank you for every person here I thank you for all the families that are a part of this ministry. I pray we have a great week. I pray you bless our Thanksgiving week, our time together with our family members, those that we get along with really well and even those that we don't, Father. I still pray that we would remain thankful. Don't let the enemy steal the thankfulness of our hearts, God, this week through whatever happens because our eyes are fixed on you, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Thanksgiving. If you need further prayer, listen, come on up to the front. We can pray for you today before you leave. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, 
his promises, and all people. 